0: Welcome to The Living Rock Podcast. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? We're here to get to know you, Steve. We're here to okay. meet our family member. So tell me about yourself and your family and what you do. <clears throat> what would we find interesting,
1: Steve? Ah, well, my name's Steve. I'm married. My wife's Esther. Um, we have three grown-up children. My son, Jonah, is 22, and then we have twin girls, Millie and Grace. Um, we also have a puppy who's 18 months old now called Gigi. I wasn't involved in the naming process. She's called Gigi. And occasionally I have to sort of say in the park, Gigi, come here, Gigi. So wasn't my thought process. Um, we live in Market Harbor. We've lived here for 27-ish years now. that's
0: a long time.
1: Yep. Um, I'm a Leicester person. Uh, Esther has traveled. Um, her dad was a, a minister, so she was, um, at various parishes, um, up and down the country. Uh, so that's, yeah. Um, I drive for a living. Um, Esther is a nanny, uh, a child care worker. <laughs> um, and that's what we do. My girls are at university. One's uh, Grace is studying at Loughborough, studying sports. Millie is studying operating theatre practitioner in Teesside, wow. uh, which she absolutely loves. She loves operations and things like that, which we never thought, but hey. And my son is involved in running a gym. So that's that's a, a bit about who we are. Very yep. Good.
0: Um, so... You've lived in Market Harbour 27 years. Yes. You must like it here.
1: We do. We absolutely love it.
0: Why do you like Market
1: Harbour? We love it. We, um, well, it's such a great place. Our kids have all grown up here. Um, We've met some fabulous friends here, um, lifelong friends. Our kids went to local primary and secondary schools here. Um, So it's been a great place for us as a family. We bought our house in... 95 and we're still in the same house um, which is a blessing and the reason we moved to Harborough was that um, the church we were at which was Leicester Christian Fellowship in Leicester um, we were part of a church plant into Market Harborough Um, and the church plant was around 97-ish I think mid summertime 97 and um, we were part of that church plant and we, I think about 2002, we went back into Leicester to be part of the central congregation. But that's the reason we moved to Harborough. Um, we got married and lived in Fleckney to start with. Um, we actually wanted to move to Kibworth, um, but we couldn't afford it. And we took a drive around Market Harbor and we thought this is the place where God wants us to be. And we looked at a house and we knew that God had opened the door for us to have that house. And and it was just fabulous. So yeah.
0: Amazing. So yeah. Nice. It's been a long time. Um, little uh, fun fact for the fact fans. Who was your page boy, Steve? Well
1: um, <laughs> um, That's a good question. Maybe we could have a guess who as to who the page boy was.
0: <laughs> Alright, I'll stand up. Okay. So, was. Hey!
1: so we've known ben- time. Benjamin was our page boy when we got married in June ninety-three. And you very carefully carried the rings I did, yeah. down to the front so yeah well cute, done cute and friend. if i haven't said it before thank you ever so much oh, you're for, welcome, for, for <laughs> doing that um, seven
0: years of thanks there steve
1: benji's oh, go. benji's parents were our youth pastors at the time um, and esther lived actually just around the corner from um, david and deborah so amazing yeah
0: and um, one question i quite like to ask people when i meet them is um, uh, the, obviously this is, if they're a Christian, tell me about when you became a Christian. Like, what's the story? How did you meet Jesus and what happened? And I love the, I love finding out how people met Jesus. So mm. what was that like for you, Steve?
1: Um, and that is a good question, a great question. Um, I became a Christian when I was 16, um, just recently, and um, (Laughter) And um, I, I guess I thought I was a Christian all the time. My parents, um, when I was young, were both Christians. My parents have now separated. Um, but they, we used to go to church regularly. I went to Sunday school um, every Sunday. Um, and I guess I thought I was a Christian. Um, and some sort of lifelong friends um, who were part of the church in Leicester invited uh, me round one evening, you know, we sort of got together mm-hmm. and uh, we were chatting about churches and becoming a Christian and things like that. And I realised that I wasn't a Christian because I hadn't actually asked Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of my life. Mm. And I said, but I think, you know, I do the Christian things. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm i kind. Um, I've been to church and I go to church occasionally. And they they told me what you know the outcome was if I didn't and you know it's like well if you don't you're going to hell um and a few days later I I made the I said the prayer and became a Christian and absolutely loved it absolutely loved it haven't looked back since um got baptized in water quickly afterwards got baptized in the Holy Spirit quickly afterwards and yeah I wouldn't change wouldn't change a thing
0: amazing Mm. good decision yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, what I really want to talk to Steve about this morning is, um, as you may have heard if you were here last week or last couple of weeks, we are at the beginnings of what we're going to be focusing on, particularly in the Bible, over the next season. We're going to be looking in the books of Ephesians and Colossians. And we're going to be t- particularly looking at um, what our identity is. As a child of God, now that we are Christians, our identity as an individual, but also as a church, what does it say about the church and who the church is, and why it's important that we know who we are and who we are as a church, and what that means for us moving forward. And I know from talking to Steve previously that your your understanding of who you are and your identity, if you like, and what the church is, is amazing because you've, you've spoken to me about it before. So I'd love to ask you more about that and for you to just sort of share with us. Um, for your own, for yourself individually, personally, what have you kind of taken from what the Word says about you? Um, whether there's been any particular verses that you've kind of held on to throughout your life as a Christian, you've been a Christian a long time. Um, so how, yeah, how your, how your identity has kind of formed who you are now.
1: Hmm um hence the notes um yeah my uh, there's a couple of uh scriptures there's a couple of stories in the bible which have helped me um over the years um esther is a hearer she hears god so she has a prophetic gifting i see god so i have more of an insight gifting Um, So these are really more my insights as to identity. Um, So just so people understand. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm I'm hugely gifted because Acts 6 verse 5 says clearly they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And it, it is... It is it's funny in a sense, but actually I, I can hold on to that a lot, and all Stevens in the room can join me and say they chose Stephen, a man who was full of the Holy Spirit, and I I believe that I believe that I've been chosen by God, which is it has to be the fundamental of everything that I do that I have to know and believe that I've been chosen by God, um, <clears throat> so that's that's the beginning. Um, what's also important is that I know who I am and whose I am. Mm-hmm. So that I know who I am and whose I am. Because our identity really is a launch pad for our future, mm-hmm. it's a launch pad for us to live a full Christian life. Yes. Um, I. Um, <clears throat> Benjamin was. A page boy, that doesn't mean Benjamin's identity is a page boy. Um, I drive a Saab, that doesn't mean I'm Swedish. Um, I've been to Sweden, that doesn't mean I'm Swedish. I've been to Ikea and had meatballs, that still doesn't mean I'm Swedish. Okay, so, you know, we can fall into some sort of identity traits, as it were, but we need to know our own identity and who we are and whose we are. Yeah, um, identity, um, personal identity, is a significant core value. Um, in Genesis, um, Satan, Satan lied to Eve about her identity, who tricked Adam about his identity. And we've been in an identity crisis ever since. Um, so once we know our identity, that brings us into reality of a relationship with jesus christ the veil was torn in two so that we could come into the throne room into the innermost places into the presence of god and when we know that we've been chosen and who's and who we are we can live out our identity um, so <clears throat> a couple of stories that um, bible stories or parables that have helped me um, matthew 15 um talks about the keys keys to the kingdom which i love this verse because uh jesus says to simon peter who do you think i am Mm -hmm. and simon peter says because simon peter's a bit of a a bumbling um disciple really he cuts off somebody's ear and (laughs) you know he's a fisherman and various things and uh but he when he's a fisherman he knows that the son of god is walking along the beach Mm -hmm. and he says to jesus here you are the son of god and Jesus says that's that's right but be, and because God has revealed this to you I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Now I like this because in one of my previous jobs I had a huge bunch of keys and I had and we've I mean we've probably all got keys on us. If you've got your keys just grab just grab your keys this wasn't in the script but or if you've got one set of keys between you hold hands and grab the keys. <laughs> but keys I mean these give me the authority to get in my car to get in my house and a couple of other things but when I had a big bunch of keys I could go anywhere within within the realm of the authority that I'd been given and so Jesus says I've been given I've given you authority to the kingdom of heaven to open and close doors on earth that are in heaven just I think Woody was saying just like 20 pound notes open doors God's given us the keys to open the doors of heaven. And that is a significant identity. Um, The prodigal son story as well is um, a great story um, because it really sort of um, gives us an insight into God the father and his response. And the son, obviously in the story of the prodigal, the son decides he doesn't like his identity he decides to have his inheritance and sort of run off and squander his money, trying to find his identity. He realises that he's wasted it all. He's feeding pigs. And he realises that actually I can go and do this in my father's house. I could be a servant in my father's house. Father's house. So he decides to go home. And when, once he's on the way, once he's getting close, his father recognises him from a long way off. And his father runs up to him, gives him a robe, gives him a ring and sandals and prepares a feast. Now, this is symbolic of how, the God, how God the father sees all of us. Yeah. Yeah. He gives us a robe and the robe symbolises royalty. We are royal people. Mm-hmm. He puts a ring on our fingers because the ring signifies that he was a son of the father. So we all, we're all sons and daughters. He put sandals on his feet because the sons the sons wear sandals, not servants. Servants don't wear sandals. So he wanted to. He would go and be a servant, but his father said, "No, you're more than that. You're a son." Just as Jesus came, Jesus came to serve, not be a servant, because he was royalty. And there was a feast. The, the father threw a feast because there's an abundance. And that's what heaven is like for us. There is an abundance for us. There's a feast all the time for us. Yeah. And that's how I look at, they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. I've got that feast all the time available to me. Yeah. So I can enjoy that and feast on his presence. But I was thinking about this story this week and the father never gave the son a key. I thought, you've never got a key. Um, but... The first mention of facial recognition in the Bible was that the father recognised him a long way off. And that was the key that he had. His facial recognition was the key to him to come back into the authority that his father had given him. He had, his identity was who he was. Not that he'd wasted an inheritance. Not that he'd gone off and, and wasted parts of his life or have been frivolous his identity was who he was his identity was actually on the inside of him he'd put a robe on him he'd put a ring on him he'd put sandals on his feet he'd prepared a feast that symbolized who he was but his identity was on the inside and god recognized each one of us when we were a long way off because of our identity because of facial recognition because of our fingerprints these things you know these things open up you know so much for us now our, our smartphones are in a sense valuable things that we do for lots of different things but we don't have a key we have facial recognition and that's how god recognizes us because of our identity Very good. um God has created our God has created our identity. And this is where I, it's it's like, who who am I? I'm royalty. I'm a son. God's prepared a feast for me. He's called me. He's made me a master, not a servant. He's called me a son by giving me a robe, a ring, and sandals. That's who that's who I am. Yes. I'm a joint heir in the kingdom of God. Um, God created our identity and will give us authority through our identity. And as, as we recognise who Jesus is and who God the Father is, that opens doors for us. And for me, that's been significant in my life because it means I'm not striving. Um, I do strive for kingdom things, but I'm not, I'm not competitive for ambition or you know to have this or that because i know who god's created me to be um jesus lived from approval not for approval jesus lived from approval not for approval and i have to be the same i don't live my life for approval because that would be works and doesn't get me anything But because I live from approval, I have the freedom to be fruitful. So I choose to live from approval rather than for approval. Um, 1 Samuel 16 says, God looks at the heart. And we, again, these are all phrases that we know. God looks at the heart. And God recognises who we are. He called us before we were created again things we all know um, but a phrase that was used a couple of weeks ago um when we were praying for somebody was that you know and we're talking about the children here these are god's masterpieces yes. Yes. these are god's masterpieces and these are god's masterpieces because the master lives within them mm-hmm. yeah. that's what makes them a masterpiece god created them god formed them And Jesus lives inside of them. That's what a masterpiece is, is that the master lives with inside of us. And again, as soon as we embrace these, you know, it gives, it helps us to live a life that is fruitful rather than striving. Um, And um, many, many years ago, I remember a a church leader um, who was a father, a father figure to me. Um, Esther and I have been um, amazingly fortunate. In our lives. We've always lived, we've always lived, we've always had um, in our Christian lives, we've always had our Christian lives within an apostolic foundation. Which means we've always had an apostle over the church giving us covering. Um I there's a train of thought that I think the apostle actually is under the church and is the foundation for the church to grow but the apostle gives us covering and yet lets us grow. But Esther and I have always had that apostolic fathering in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember a guy, and we were, um, Esther knows, um, or Esther knew, still does know, knew, Kerry and Carol when Esther was a teenager. Um, So we're looking forward to seeing, uh, hopefully, Kerry and Carol um, next weekend. We were close to um, Bryn and Edna. Um, and they were father figures to us. And, and, th- and that, is, that has been significant to us because we've had that fathering nature always within our lives, within our Christian lives. And the, the kingdom of God is family. It's not a business. Yeah. It's a family. It has to operate with fathers and sons, not middle managers and senior managers and things like that. It has to operate with fathers and sons. And that's why, for me, and this church leader said to me many years ago, You are a son. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that was significant because it confirmed my sonship status, yeah. in a sense. It's that I know that I'm a son of the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah. Very
1: good. That's, good. that's great. Yeah. You should preach more often. <laughs> <don't you>? <laughs> Share. <laughs> Share, you mean?
0: Share. Um, if if there's if there's people in the room and we're listening to you and we're like yeah that sounds really good, but actually I kind of struggle with identity. Like I'm not I don't really kind of get who I am or how I fit in. Or you're talking about a father who makes me royal and I'm, I'm a son. And I'm like oh, all no, this. If we're struggling with that, what are some practical things we can do to kind of help us move forward in this? Because mm-hmm. It's amazing, like what Steve saying is really, really good, it's really helpful, and for us to understand more of who we are is really important. But if we've struggled with that, is there anything that you can recommend that we start to do that can help us move forward?
1: Um, Yes. Obviously, we need to remind ourselves of what God has said about us. Um, And um, one of my, in fact, I've, I've come in Esther's car rather than my car, but one of my keys, one of the keys on my key ring um, says strong on it. And there's a a thing in America called the giving keys and you can buy keys as gifts for people that have prophetic words on them. And mine says strong, because I believe there's a strength and depth of relationship that I have with Father God. But it's reminding ourselves of what God has said to us about ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, we we um, used to do it. Esther and I used to do children's ministry in our old church. And we did this thing um, with the kids with um, flour and chocolate sauce. Have you, has anybody ever heard of this? Chow, flour and chocolate sauce? Sounds great. Is it okay, Blue Peter it's thing? messy. It's almost a Blue Peter thing. It's messy. I'll do it. I'll go through it quickly because um, I want to get onto something else. We used to, we used to say to the kids that um, God has washed us clean. God has cleansed us. Um, but sometimes we do things where sin comes into our lives. And we dip a, a finger into the chocolate sauce. And we say, and th- this is symbolic chocolate's okay okay this is symbolic okay but we would dip our finger into the chocolate sauce because sometimes sin is attractive and tasty and you see where I'm going this and it's like oh no I've sinned um but then you would put and I think you would put the other hand into the flour because Jesus has washed as white as snow and then you'd rub the two together and then wash your hands and say father forgive me for my sin take away all the sin in my life I want to be clean I want you to wash me as white as snow because you live inside of me and then you dry your hands put your hands back in the flour and Jesus has cleansed me but sometimes you'd put a whole hand in the chocolate sauce and sin would come and you'd do the same again and you'd wash your hands and father forgive me etc and and the Uh, One of the magnificent things is that Jesus doesn't remember our sin. Mm -hmm. He's got a forgetful memory, if you can understand that. He tells us, he says, break bread in remembrance of me, but I'm going to forget all your sin, which is a strange coalition. (coughs) But anyway, but he doesn't remember our sin. And that is significant because if we remember our sin, we're not being Christ-like. And I know that's difficult because sometimes we repeat what we do. Um, but we have to remember that Jesus has forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's forgotten. He's washed us white as snow yeah. yes. time and time again. And that's significant because it's, we have to remind ourselves of who he's called us to be. Who we are and whose we are. Yeah. Amen. Um, I've got... Um, am I okay to, We're going to, we're going to do something. Um, This uh, really follows on from um, last week because Phil was sharing about how God loves the church and we are the church. Let's, let's get that foundation fundamentally right. This is not a church. This building is not a church. We are the church. This is the throne of God in my life. My heart is the throne of God. We are the church, okay? That's a foundation we have to get right. So God really loves the church, which means God really loves me. We have to get this. We have to get this imprinted into us because it's significantly important. So what I'd like to do is um, there's, and you can I mean, there's a few here. I asked Phil to print a few. Um, And there is a few. So you can take one of these home with you. Um, But somebody's put all of the verses into, it's called the Father's love letter. And it's all the things he says about us. And so I'd like to read this. Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like for us all to stand and I'd like us all to absorb what the Father says about us. And it's lovely that it's raining today because I want us to soak up what God is saying about us. Okay. Um, and I want us to catch what God says about us. Okay.
0: Sharon um, Sharon's going to lead us in a, maybe one yes. or two songs just as we finish as well. so we'll, we'll get up and we'll sort of mm. give you some background music as you are oh. to stage. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I've read this and um, this is fantastic. So you'll enjoy this. And I really enjoy
1: listening to Steve. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. me too. Brilliant. Good best of all, Steve. You've made some really amazing points. All your notes to be available for people. Ooh. I could um edit them. As in, put the grammar in the right place and put the capital letters in the right place. Yes, Shall I could, we, I could do don't that. don't we Let's all stand. But,
0: um, perhaps if Steve reads it to us, and then we can sort of grab one. <coughs> So just as just as I just want to encourage you, like I I've loved it, Steve. You shared some amazing things, and everything that Steve is about to read is just taken straight from the Bible. There's nothing added here. It's literally verse after verse after verse. So just enjoy. Um, if you like, re- receive it. Mm. Like receive it into your heart, because this is it's powerful stuff. This.
1: Mm. It's really really good. So thank everybody's you reading it. Just. If, oh. if, just put these down, put these down for a moment that's that's, that's if I just because I want us to um, encounter what God says about us okay I want this to be an encounter moment so um, i 'd like us to close our eyes i 'd like us to um, hold out our hands as if we 're going to catch something if I threw a packet of smarties at somebody somebody will put their hands out ready to catch them um, this is better than a packet of smarties but let's hold out our hands ready to catch what God has for us and let's just allow the Holy Spirit just to open our hearts to what God says about us my child You may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all of your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you received comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul and I want to show you great and marvellous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are broken-hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you not against you. I gave up everything I loved, that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven heaven has ever seen. I have always been, Father and will always be, Father. Will you be my child? I'm waiting for you. So just soak, just dwell on what God has said. Just let some of those phrases take rest in your heart. Let some of those promises take root in who you are. Let God's foundation be the foundation that you stand on. Because he is our cornerstone.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.